All right. So, guys, Stoobsy, we're this is episode five. <laughs> it's I, can't, I literally episode like I I had to like count on my fingers. I can't believe we're already five episodes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I'm 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 kind of surprised that like we kind of do you think we kind of know what we're doing at this point? Because like, I don't. Um, I would say I've got I've got a vague idea yeah. of what I'm doing. Yeah, I think I, I, at this point, I'm closer. at this point, like I like I don't even know what days we film. We just we just Literally. at this point we're just yeah. coming together just to have conversations with homies <laughs> at this point and recording it and posting it. I, that's that's part of our charm, though, right? That's exactly. Like a, that's like a thing. Nobody, yeah. nobody knows what the fuck they're doing. So we're 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 a podcast for the people right now. Yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah. And just so y'all know, um, Stoopsy has a cat that scared the shit out of me last show that's right <laughs> behind her and he's back. Yes. <laughs> yes, she's our special guest and our real special guest is the lovely Mace R. Windu. Josh, thank you so much for ooh, coming ooh, on ooh, to ooh. talk about Star Wars. Star Wars. Yay. Thanks for having me guys. I appreciate it. Absolutely. You know, it's an honor to have you, man. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to speak for Straw Hat, but I'm I'm a huge fan, and this was before you blew up for being a, a very dashing pirate. Uh, oh, I don't I don't like the, the TikTok algorithm. Yeah, the TikTok <laughs> algorithm took me up and and threw me into the stars. They yeah. just said you can't just be one thing. You you deserve yeah. to be many things. Honestly, honestly, right. like I fucking envy this guy, right? Like it's probably why I kind of hate him because like he he I saw him doing his thing on Star Wars and like I don't know shit about Star Wars like that, like the overall lore. And then he gets famous yeah. double time for being a pirate. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like you can't no have two. You can't you can't have both. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't want to. I, it came out of nowhere. But you know, I yeah. It was. It was. It was literally. I remember the day that it happened. It was thrilling. I was just sitting there, like looking at your account. I, I was leaning over to my husband repeatedly. I'm sure he was like, I don't even care when you update me about your own TikTok. And like, I was like, no, but literally, he's like doubled his. He's he's gonna he's gonna hit 500k. Like, I was, I was, like, I was so excited the same for you. Thing. I was telling my wife the same thing. I was like, Mace, Mace is being a pirate, and people are loving it. And he's gonna reach a million followers today it was like watching the stock market it was so crazy it was amazing it was such a journey for all of us i loved it i i look back on that day that night fondly i mean i was i was i was looking i was doing a think a tiktok live and people were like hey josh like you you're going viral and i was like i've gone viral before i know what that looks like and they were like no 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 like check that video and i was like oh it's like okay. a what like a four, like almost a, a three hundred thousand follower swing in like a couple days it was insane I, I think the video got posted that night and then the, by the next morning it was at like three hundred thousand. so i think one hundred and eighty thousand in eight hours it was insane what was in, what was really insane was all the people that immediately got mad at you for not having a pirate cosplay yeah i was like i got i got reported <laughs> i got reported for for like for like bullying or something they were like he lied so i'm gonna get him a, i'm gonna get him banned i was like are you kidding me man it's like, check Jeez. the timestamp. this was posted two hours ago you, you know oh you my know gosh. what this means right it means that your pirate good looks they expect you to be a pirate, oh. and the fact that you didn't give them that, you bullied them. <laughs> like that. Was, that I, 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 I would you? like to use this podcast to apologize <laughs> to them. And, That's and, actually yeah. why we asked you on um, for your oh. formal oh. apology. <laughs> Nothing to do with Not Star Wars. This was a trap. I it's see. been a long time coming. You owe it. This is a redemption uh, like, show. All right. Well, for, for what are you going to do, man? What are, what are you going to do? I can just imagine like the people well, in all serious, like, hey, this motherfucker better apologize for his pirate. <laughs> yeah. Literally, though. Why, why are there 15,000 viewers right now? <laughs> oh, my 
gosh. Hey, if, if we get no, the but... most viewers we've ever had, it's all because of this fucking apology oh, that's literally. never going to go. Yeah. <laughs> should, I'm gonna name the episode Mesa Windows Official Apology. <laughs> <laughs> I've not been entirely truthful with you all. I'd like to apologize. Let's uh, let's get into it because Star Wars is amazing. Mm-hmm. It was my it was my kind of like first foray into what I thought was I was gonna do on TikTok. Um, and I'm so glad it was because I found so many awesome creators like you, Josh. Um, and yeah, I know Straw Hat. You're 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 a Star Wars fan. You're like a you're like a. I'm a I'm a fan. Like how how would you face yeah, it? Yeah, I mean I'm a fan, sure, but I'm not like deep into the lore like I am with like the MCU and Doctor Who yeah. and everything. It's just like I'm a movie fan very- for sure. Like I am a yeah. Star Wars movie fan. I can tell you everything that happens in the movie, but for every like. Hey, Luke Skywalker's arc was great in The Last Jedi. There's a, well, in issue number eight of Luke Skywalker's journey in Marvel. Okay. <laughs> got to be careful with the Star Wars fans, man. They'll, they'll come to your house and be like, hey, so I wanted to point out why you were wrong. And uh, it's like, oh, yeah. gotcha. No, literally, I, I, like, I would consider myself like a hardcore Star Wars fan, like a, like a fanatic is what I would say. But even me, like I, I've never gotten into Legends or anything. Mm. So like th- there's definitely tears. Like I, I don't I don't rank for a lot of people. They're like, oh, uh, no, you don't. If you don't, if you don't know who Revan, Darth Revan is, then you, um, if you never played this one video game that was released 10 years ago, clearly right. you're not a real fan. Here's a, how did I know about Darth Revan? Like, like, how did I know about it? It was just like, like, what's that osmosis? Like just being around stars, Star Wars fans and then just like hearing yeah. it in passing. Yeah. So when I saw that, I was like, well, I kind of know about Darth Revan, but. I don't really know shit about him. So does that make me a real fan? That's the beautiful thing about Star Wars. I mean, not to get corny, but like, like you can, there, there can be any level of interest in Star Wars and you won't be any less valid for it. Yeah. Like, I know that sounds corny. Like everybody's a fan, but it's also true. Yeah. Like don't let, don't let anybody gatekeep you and be like, you don't know who Revan fought in the, in the second part of <laughs> Kodor. It's like, Oh my God, shut the oh, fuck up. Well, and there are people like who have seen, even if it's just one Star Wars movie a hundred times, yep. like, if someone has watched the same movie a hundred times, how can you cl- try to say you're not a fan of this? Right. Like That's it's just exactly. it's insanity. Yep. But yeah, like it's it's just hilarious to me the amount of um the the amount of semantics that people get into about like what matters and what doesn't matter. I mean, but it's trivia quizzes. That's not fair though because there's so much Star Wars. There's there's, it, there's so, so much. much. Like there's there's Too novels, much. there's video games, there's comics, there's movies, there's TV shows. Yeah. There's spin-offs of those TV shows. So when you have that one person who's like I've seen and read and read everything there is to know about Star Wars ever and if you haven't done the same thing that I've done then you're not a fan. Get out of my fucking cantina. Right. I'm just yeah. like, I know right. what a cantina is, so can I at least get a, right. a seat at the table? Can I can I drink the blue well, milk? And that's, that's what's hilarious, too, is that, like, it's the, the whole idiom of, like, nobody hates Star Wars like Star Wars fans. It's like, well, okay, you know everything, but you're clearly not enjoying yourself, right. which I think is a key component right. to being a fan. So right. You don't you don't sound like you're having fun, so why are you, like, what's the point? Then? It sounds like the biggest burden. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's like a, something, it's a curse that you're born with. Right. I didn't want to read everything. But I did. Yeah, I, I did it. You, you must respect me now. Um, 
No, but Josh, so uh, what, speaking of the things that, that oh, the vastness of the Star Wars universe, um, what what got you into Star Wars? Like, what is your favorite part of the franchise? Uh, probably just the sense of adventure. Mm. I mean, ever since I was a little kid, like, the whole idea of going into space, and I'm actually terrified of physically going into <laughs> space, but, like, Same. the idea of being able to, like, be stuck in this boring little life that you have, like, the Luke Skywalker story, if you yeah. will. Like you're stuck on this planet, middle of nowhere. You love your family, but you always want to go out and explore and see the galaxy. And then when you go out and see it, you're meant for great things. I just love the whole idea of of like this this almost destiny that you have to 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 see the world, see the universe, and and that that always was the core element of loving Star Wars for me. I love that's that. I mean that's yeah. the be- that's a great part of it. It's the twin sons, right? Yeah. It's like the whole like Luke that like mm-hmm. to me that is Star Wars, like Luke coming yeah. out that of those fucking Wars. farm in the ground <laughs> to look yeah. at the twi- yep. to look to the bust, stars, bust. right? That right there. Yep. You know, sweating his ass sweating off. Sweating his ass off. Like I thought it was good. Boring as hell. I was trying to go to the Atashi like, stations to pick up some power converters. Like it, yeah, king king of whiners. Oh my and just god. Like, oh my gosh. I I love that character so Luke much. Luke is the best. But just the symbolism of of that, right? Of just like literally him coming out of like a literal dirt house to like look to the twin sons and says, "I want to be out there someday." Yeah. That anytime mm-hmm. I think of Star Wars, that's exactly what I think about, and I think like that is what every hero is kind of like almost based off of yeah. since that's happened. Definitely. Right. Star Wars is is mythic. Mm-hmm. You know, like I think that that's why it frustrates me so much when people do try and break down the characters and the stories and say that some are more deserving than others or 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 some are you know objectively worse than others i'm just like star wars is incredibly basic storytelling it 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 works Mm -hmm. because they build this incredible world around it and you fall in love with the characters but it's not it's not a complex story it's not like literally like a character having midichlorians so that they can use the force is like okay this is just a thing like it's it, you don't have to earn it like this is it's the universe is choosing who so like it's yeah and you know I, I found like star wars to be more interesting when it talks about like just the the normal people who can become heroes mm-hmm. like when you look at the original trilogy luke skywalker is a is a normal guy like people forget before the darth vader reveal before the legend of luke skywalker before he was being deemed as oh, this is not my Luke Skywalker in Last Jedi. He was just a farm boy who, like, was called upon yeah. to, like, mm-hmm. fulfill, help fulfill this destiny to go on this grand adventure. And people forget that in that movie, save for, like, Princess mm-hmm. Leia, Luke Skywalker and Han Solo are just normal dudes that are just kind of, like, in over their heads. Like, I love the fact that they're like, yeah. hey, let's go mm-hmm. into this giant death machine that's the size of a moon. Let's dress up as the stormtroopers <laughs> <laughs> and pretend we're one of them. They don't know yep. what they're doing. It's like they're winging it the entire time. Absolutely. It's, and I think that's what I love about A New Hope so much because, like, the whole time, like, they're bickering while, like, successfully breaking into, like, probably, realistically, probably one of the most secure facilities in the entire right. galaxy. Yeah. Right. And they're yelling at each other while they're doing it and doing it successfully. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. it's absolutely it's inc- incredible. No, I, I mean, I, I was actually just thinking the other day about how it's funny to me when people ask um, if you resonate more with the Jedi or the Sith, because I've never, like, when I was little, I, of course, wanted to be a Jedi, but I, you know, I didn't have a lot of female role models in the franchise, right. um, and certainly none that were Jedi when I was a kid, mm-hmm. Um 
And I actually think that even if I had had one, like I've always resonated more with the rebels because mm-hmm. I think that the story of the rebellion is so much more of that. Like I love Rogue One and I just oh, love the idea of people believing in something bigger than themselves and they're not chosen. There are just regular mm-hmm. people who are fighting against overwhelming evil and, and believing in, in, the better side of, of humanity. I, I don't know. I've always, when people ask me if I'd rather be a Sith or a Jedi, I'm definitely, I, I'm always like, well, can I, can I just be a rebel? Yeah. <laughs> like, I, don't, I don't need to be force. I would love to be force sensitive, but I don't, you know, I don't need, I would, as long as I could just be a I rebel, mean, that's, that's what I want. To add the sports reference, not everybody could play on the varsity team. Not everyone could be the star exactly. player on the varsity team. Like you need some of those. And like, I've never felt like a chosen one, yeah. you know, like, like everybody's like, I'm just a regular dude. Can we like normalize like being okay with being like a supporting player in some things, like be the best yes. you can be. But you don't have to be, like, the star of the show, right? Like, if Luke and the Sith want to, like, be in the spotlight and kill each other and all that, hey, I'll be right here to push whatever button you need me to push because you need you yep. need those type of people. Like, I find Star Wars, like, ten times more interesting when you get to know, like, the smaller known people. And when you really think about it, those people mm-hmm. are the ones who usually become, like, legendary, like Porkins. Um, wha- uh, what's his name? Wax Shep something Shipley? I don't know. Oh, uh, um, Wedge Antilles. Wedge Antilles, uh, but it was Wedge he, Snap, Snap Wexley. Wexley. Like it's the, those characters that kind of like really like live on because they're just regular people just doing their best. And well, like the Mandalorian is kind of based on that. Exactly, idea. it's you know, a lot like that. Yeah, yeah Mando's just a guy in the galaxy trying to find his place and do what's right. Everybody mm-hmm. safer, Baby Yoda is like people just yeah. doing their best like everyone that he interacts with like oh yes i'm, I'm a chick who like runs a, a hardware shop and <laughs> i'm gonna play with your baby while you figure out your next move like i dig mm-hmm. that part of the universe it fleshes it out so much more and it's just a nice break from the prophecy the chosen one type stuff so i don't need it that is. in every story sometimes i just want to know yeah. the little guy yeah. And I think that's why I think that's why Rogue One is is so special to me and probably you too as well because even as supporting players in the grand scheme of the rebellion they had an important mission that Absolutely. nobody will probably I mean that 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 nobody really widespread knew about mm-hmm. like they weren't even really supposed to go on this mission to get the plans. Right. Yeah. Remember the Rebel High Command was like no nah, we can't do it and then they pretty much commandeered a shuttle and went anyway so like i I love that sense of like damn who are these guys and they just make the call sign rogue one while they're in the air it's like it's very like see this is a regular guy that's like look i'm tired of dealing with a fascist government (laughs) like i just want (laughs) to like let's just let's just go blow up the death star it's like (laughs) fuck it fuck Fuck it it. it's gonna blow us up let's blow let's blow them up before it gets crazy Oh, we blowing up planets? Oh, nah, man. We need this. <laughs> I mean, Rogue One's my I, favorite. I love Rogue One's. It's Rogue One is it's amazing. It's a really good movie, and I, I think that it really it humanizes it. I mean, people always get mad at me when I say that Star Wars is for kids, but like it objectively mm-hmm. is. It is. Like, yeah. like George Lucas said, it was for kids. It's exactly. For kids. <laughs> like Lucas Filoni, like, and it's it's not that's not a bad thing. Like children's media right. is beautiful. A lot of times, exactly. it's more meaningful than media that's explicitly aimed at adults. Harry Potter was awesome. Also for kids, um, guys, remember that. 
Avatar yeah. The Last Airbenders for mm-hmm. kids. I mean, all great that's, examples. That's, that is, in my opinion, damn near. I'm gonna say it's not true, but it's damn near objectively the greatest animated show. Bro, of all time. I, I know objectively. No, no. <laughs> no, I am. <laughs> like, I'm, you're not gonna argue <laughs> you know with it. Like, it is. Like, who, who, name something better. Name something better. Go in the comments and name something that I dare you. You can't. I know you can't. <laughs> Nanana boo boo. They go listen. That's they're like listen. That's beside the point. It's like <laughs> you can't prove us wrong. No, but it, I mean it's it's really true. And like I think Rogue One was important because like the Mandalorian, it like it added a level of maturity to the story, just a little mm-hmm. bit of nuance. And I mean the, that kind of mythic storytelling, you don't necessarily need that that level because that's the point. Is it's you 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 get it through the the emotive storytelling. Right. Um, but Rogue One not only humanized i think the rebellion and made the threat of the empire seem really real but it did have that beautiful reminder and that beautiful message that no matter what small part you play in something bigger it's important and like it was a reminder that to everybody who's just doing their best every day to make the world a little bit better like you fucking matter you know Mm -hmm. and that's beautiful the thing about rogue one that i love so much is that like exactly what we were talking about like just focusing on like those little people and like the little things that they did that ended up making a big impact just on the entire saga as a whole is like the, the story itself the thing i love about it so much is that i always wonder like when it came to like the story of star wars i was always thinking to myself like where's the war part of it because obviously you know star wars was made for kids so they can't really go deep saving private ryan level like war but um it's just that this really like showed the soldiers the foot soldiers the people who are on the ground kind of going like hey we're just these regular guys we don't have jedi powers except for chirrut in way uh we're just out here just shooting guns winging the hell out of it like some of us are being captured some of us are being taken prisoner and it was just like like you felt the weight even more when it came to these characters because they could die at any moment. Like they could, like everything that they did mattered. And so like by the end of the film, it really added more weight to the line. Many Bothans died to get like, to get us these plans. And before it was just like, kind of like a, Oh, what does that mean? But then you, but then like you see that movie and you go like, damn, like there was some, that that was some sacrifice. That was some like legit, like, Oh my gosh, you know? I'm crying when the droid dies. K2SO, K2SO I mean, right? pour one out, man. <laughs> Dude, even, even uh, who was Riz Ahmed's character's name? Like, I can't remember. Bodhi. Bodhi, Bodhi Rook. Like, Bodhi. Yeah. You know, you know his his death in, in that movie may, was the first, I think that was the first major one. I think so. Of the Rogue One group. So when it happened, I was like, oh my God, they're going to do it. They're going to kill off all these guys. Because, yeah. like, we saw Jen Erso's dad die, and that was, I kind of saw that one coming. Mm-hmm. I kind of had figured that Saul Guerrero was going to die because he was all the trailers had him in that one place. Right. So I was like, oh, he's definitely dying. <laughs> yeah. But, but I think I think when he like he contacts the rebel fleet above the uh, the planet and he tells them and it's like this hype up music like, yay, they're going to do it. And then the grenade just comes in. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> and it blows up the show. I was like, oh, my God, they're all going to die. They're all gonna even die. Just, even just thinking about it, I've got me too. Yeah, scene, like oh god, jeez, man. It's so every a- character in that film was so so personally like heartwarming. They were so beautiful. Yeah. And I, so so let's let's uh, Josh. What are your what are the characters that mean the most to you out of Star Wars? Let's do everybody's favorite characters. Ooh. 
Oh, sure. Uh, do you want me to list like three or just one? Let's, or... Yeah, let's do top three. That sounds good. Oh, top three. All right. Um, <laughs> uh, Luke, Sky- Luke Skywalker <laughs> uh, by a far and away margin because I saw a lot of myself in him. I projected myself onto him. Um, I, I love him. I love that man so much. Um, He's his story is fantastic. Um, and as big as my problems are with The Last Jedi, as many problems I have with The Last Jedi, like I think that helped me love him even more. Uh, probably Obi-Wan Kenobi. Mm. Um, Ewan McGregor helped a lot with that. Um, and then probably I would say um, Lando, Lando Calrissian. Uh, I just love the vibe. And Donald Glover helped solidify I that. I was going to say oh, Donald yeah. Glover Billy had to have been the one that did it for you. Yeah. Billy like, I D love, helped. Billy D. Williams is amazing. Yeah. He's but, great. Yeah. yeah. But but Donald Glover, I was like, oh, damn. He's, he's, he's going to be a heavyweight now. <laughs> you can't <laughs> compete. You just can't compete with Childish Gambino. You do, know? Do like, we think he's better? Do we think, like, are we going to sit here and say that Donald Glover is better than Ooh. Billy D. Williams? Because I will. <laughs> oh, I will okay. in a heartbeat. Your, Give I mean, me another. I feel, I feel like that would be committing blasphemy. Like That's I, a hard one. As much as I, and I, I mean, everyone who follows my page knows that I am a huge simp for Donald Glover. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> I don't, I cannot disrespect Billy D. Williams like that. I'm going to say that they're equal tier. I'm going to say, I'm going to say equal. Okay. I'm, try, I'm trying to think like, like my, grandma, my grandma my grandma <laughs> right. my grandma reveres Billy D. Williams as like this larger than life figure like it's the only reason she watched Empire Strikes Back she saw that he was uh-huh. in it and she watched the whole movie <laughs> but but um I gotta say like it's it's probably at least a tie I need to see Donald Glover as Lando one more time mm. before I can really decide it's really close though he's a really good Lando he's, he's a great so Lando. it was surprising I wasn't surprised but at the same time you're thinking to yourself like this is Donald Glover like childish Gambino yeah. we live in a world where childish mm. Gambino himself is is Lando Calrissian <laughs> I am. Mm-hmm. I'm still waiting for the announcement that he's going to be in the Lando show. I Disney, yeah, for whatever reason, won't confirm any details about the Lando show. I'm mm-hmm. dying for that information. So Disney, if you're listening, please uh, just slide into my DMs. You don't have to make it public. I'll give it a secret. Just tell me that my dreams are going to come insider, true. Insider Jay Stubbs has the scoop on the upcoming Lando. I mean, honestly, instant. Honestly, what I want is I really want this. If they're not gonna do like the Lando show with him, at least an episode of Atlanta, where a whole episode he's Lando Calrissian. Oh my God! Yes, I'm okay with just, that. Yes, I'm okay I would do that. I will accept that. <laughs> I will accept that. But you know, another person had a really good idea. Uh, I really like this idea. They said, "Why don't you bookend it? Have Billy D. Williams ha- treat it like the Chronicles of Lando Calrissian that he." has like the, the like almost a journal like he tells all of the grand stories yeah make him an un, make him an unreliable narrator like harley quinn is and uh, uh the fantabulous emancipate the uh, birds of prey mm. yeah have her have it be like that where he's telling the story like yeah and i fought 20 stormtroopers when it's really him running for his life from something and it's like i would love something like that where oh billy God. d's telling the story and then in the flashback mm. it's donald glover that would yeah. be insane to me I yeah especially like if they framed it like like billy d williams sitting uh his his version sitting in like a cantina somewhere in Tatooine like having the episode start out with him saying that crazy shit and then flashing mm-hmm. to Donald Glover not doing the crazy shit just just <laughs> right. doing the the, right. Right, the real version of the story right. and like seeing he's the like, comparison yeah. he's doing something like yeah so i i i tricked him out of 
millions of credits or something like that and it's literally just him like losing all of his money or something <laughs> yes. like that it's like oh my god this is a good pitch disney if you are listening hit us up we'll help you out no but but seriously disney, please. <laughs> for the love of god disney's like write that down write that down write that down don't pay them write that down <laughs> so uh what what about you strahat what who, who are your it's funny because i've never thought about this question like at all before so i was like i I've yes. never thought about this Surprise. question until you asked it. So, but I got it. I got it. So, okay. no particular order, Luke Skywalker, because I feel like okay. I awesome. feel like his completion in the Last Jedi was a perfect end to his character, and it was yep. it was the first time I saw like a character in Star Wars like actually progress into a into an arc beyond the arc of that movie, where they that just mm-hmm. made Star Wars characters felt more real to me because I think you've already hit the nail on the head, Stoopsy is it's mythic and it's hard to kind of like attach yourself to like mythic characters unless you humanize them and yeah last mm-hmm. jedi dealing with Oops. luke skywalker shouldering the weight of being the mythic luke skywalker and then being brought down to earth as this kind of like world weary beaten down soldier who doesn't want anything to do with it i, I just love that so much so luke skywalker is definitely mm-hmm. high up there for me uh han solo for many for mm-hmm. you know he's the everyman trope he's the guy in the universe that's like what the fuck's going on here? Like we're talking about the forest. Yeah. Like I got a gun. Yep. He's like he's like the the Hawkeye of the Star Wars universe. Like he gets shit done, and he's super valuable. Yeah. And even while being valuable, he's like, it ain't that kind of movie, kid. Like it's just it's just the Harrison yep. Ford of it all. And then uh, yeah. three is Kylo Ren, and I know he's like a newer Ooh. character, but I I've always said this. I believe that Kylo Ren. In his first appearance, it was way more interesting of a character, a villain, than Darth Vader was in his first appearance. One, you have a guy with a dark cloak, scary black man running around like, give me those plans and I want them now. And you're like, like, oh shit, that guy's bad news. And then you have this other guy who's very clearly has a lot going on there. Like, you don't necessarily get a lot of characters trying to be bad and acknowledging they're trying to be bad. He's like... Oh, I, the light side is pulling me. I'm like, yeah, go to it, dude. Like the fact that he doesn't want to, yeah, right. it made me realize, like, okay, then what's making him do what he's doing? Like, obviously, he 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 wants to be there, but there's obviously something that's like keeping him there. Like, it was just a very interesting line of questioning with that character, and I feel like, obviously, Rise of Skywalker kind of fucked him in the ass on that one. But uh, <laughs> where they were going up until the. Uh, up until the uh, the kiss, um, I was I was really yeah. really happy about Kylo Ren as a character. Yeah, I've I've shifted a bit on Raylo. I really didn't like it at first because the sequel trilogy, I didn't know how to interpret Ray and Kylo's relationship for a lot of it. I was like reading like possible sibling vibes for a while, so I was like, what? Which I mean is kind of on brand mm-hmm. for Star Wars. No, no, it's <laughs> for, perfectly for on the, brand for the, yeah. for the kiss. Yeah. Um, but, Are we yeah. sure George Lucas still isn't running this thing? <laughs> he, was, <laughs> he must have been involved. <laughs> but, but yeah, I don't, I mean, I, so on my recent rewatch, and I haven't, um, I need to go back and rewatch Rise of Skywalker because that's the one that I haven't rewatched in a while. Um, but I do, I, like, I read now, I read Kylo as being interested in Rey. I mm. don't believe it as, I don't read it as like a mutual attraction. Um, mm. But that that's how I kind of like got to a point where I was like, yeah, I could see, like it being like a farewell kiss because she knows that he's in love with her and like they have this connection, but it's not like that's that's kind of how I right. read it. And I, I I like made my peace with it, but I understand why a lot of people don't like it because I think it was really confusing, like vibe wise. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah. Because you spend the entire trilogy going, are they, is he? Right. Megs, Stoobsy, what are your favorite characters? Uh, it's, it's actually, I was really noticing when we were talking earlier, I, I think it's really great that Luke is in our all of our top threes because I don't think that Luke gets the love that he deserves. Yes. Um, but yeah, no, Luke, um, Leia was always my number one. I love Leia so much. Um, she like literally guided me into adulthood uh, as a child. Um, I love, I love everything mm. about her. Um, but yeah, Luke, I, I always really liked Luke when I was younger. I didn't, I didn't respect Luke like I should have. I was a stupid kid and I was like, no, he's whiny. <laughs> um, and yeah, when I got older and started watching the movies more, I loved him. And then the last Jedi, like fully, fully, fully moved Luke up to like a tie. I say like a tie for first place. Like I consider like Luke and Leia, like they're twins, you know? So I think that that counts. They're, they're tied for first place. Um, so I'll, I'll count that as one and two, even though it's like a tied position. Um, it's really hard for me to pick a third because there's so many characters that I love. Like I do love Ray and God, I love Lando so much. I think Lando, like I love Han too, but I think mm -hmm. that Lando gets, does again, doesn't get the, the credit that he deserves. I love Lando. Um, but realistically, right. and I also love Cassian. Fuck. I'm, I'm bad at picking favorites. Everybody knows this about me, but if I like <laughs> probably ranking, I would probably say that Jyn Erso is my number three. Um, I just relate to her a lot, mm. um, and I I love Rogue One. I love how emotional it is, and I think that um, Felicity Jones—that's her name, right? Felicity mm -hmm. Jones. Um, she mm -hmm. does such a good yep. job of conveying really, really complex emotions, like just through her facial expressions and her body language, because she's like a very quiet character. Um, and yeah, I just think that she's just like right. so expressive, and her character is like a deep well of emotion even though she's like it's very little that it makes its way to the surface i i yeah mm. yeah so the she was so she was too advanced for me like <laughs> like i had to watch her multiple times because i've watched rogue one multiple times but her i didn't dig her performance the first like three times i watched it like to the point where like i hated it like the whole like uh this is a rebellion right I rebel. Like her face just always like rubbed me the wrong way. <laughs> that teaser, that teaser trailer almost ruined the whole movie for me. Cause I was like, Hey, she was like, this is a rebellion, right? I rebel. I was like, bro, get this shit off my screen. What the <laughs> fuck is this supposed? I was exactly. so mad. I was, was like, just... I hope it ain't this, bro. But dog, I gotta say, and I wholeheartedly agree with you. Jen Erso is fantastic. I wasn't sure about her until mm -hmm. we got to the part where uh, Galen Erso sends her the, the, the recording yes. and she starts crying yeah. that acting was uh, had me trying to cry and i didn't even know these characters i was like <laughs> yeah that that's was what it. did it for that me that was it for me yeah. right there like it was always there that picked up for me i was like damn like i get it now like she 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 did a lot of suppressing because she was she was hidden she was forced to be like yeah. very mm -hmm. low-key and Hard underground exterior. so it only makes sense that like her per exactly that her personality was always being masked by other things you we never got to know the gen or the gen mm -hmm. the real gen or so because yeah. gen or so never got right. to know gen or so so like seeing her like open up to this motley crew of of people then and exactly in that scene you start to see those cracks like finally break but by that time like shit started going down so i didn't really care about her performance i just kind of looked yeah. at it, like i fucking hate it but then like the more i watched it i was like okay this is felicity is actually fucking yeah. really like pretty dope because i think she was she was nominated for i think the um, uh the other the stephen hawking um biopic theory of everything yeah yeah yes yeah. Beautiful. the yeah. theory of everything she was nominated for that and so i had to revisit rogue one like why is she not her acting oh wait no oh, she's wait, actually wait, pretty okay. good <laughs> I see, it now. see and i mean again 
my trauma, like, <laughs> it just doesn't it always come back around to my trauma. I literally, like, as <laughs> as a kid, like, I moved around a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I went to, um, I, I, it's been a long time since I thought about it, but I think it's, like, 11 different schools from, like, kindergarten Ooh. to 12th grade. Wow. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. so, like, it was a lot. I, mo- I moved around a lot, and I, like, always had to be kind of adapting and I always felt like out of place and I always felt like I couldn't be like couldn't really express you know myself um and Mm. I just I don't know like something about Jin like the way that she she is she is hurting so much but it's more important for her to put on like a, a brave face because like the shame of other people knowing that she's hurting, but also like she doesn't feel like she has anyone that she could open up to about it. Like she feels so alone in the world. And like to her, the most important thing is like appearing tough so that people don't hurt her more mm-hmm. that she can never address like her, her pain until she gets. And like the scene on the final scene on the beach with her and Cassian where like she's actually done something and like she has the closure from her father and even the closure with Saul because saw like saw was a really like there's a there's more material like there's a, the book rebel rising which goes into like Catalyst. childhood yeah stuff like that mm-hmm. um and and i think the movie does a great job of laying it out but there is more material that like shows like what a traumatic past she has um but like getting all the uh, so much of the closure that she needs and being a part of something bigger when her whole life was so aimless and then you know being on that beach with Cassie and like her found family and like crying tearfully, but like happy, like she's obviously like they're about to die and it's tragic, but she's also like filled with joy because she experienced something that she never thought that she could. I just, yeah, I relate to her so much and I think that the performance is beautiful and I love, yeah, I love the character. I love the film. Um, I, there's so many Star Wars characters that I love and I'm notorious for people, my followers ask me like what's your favorite character and i'm like don't ask me that i hate making lists <laughs> but like, yeah so that's that's my long long answer to that question beautiful answer surprise my favorite character is the mouse that was on the death star the little tiny robot <laughs> the mouse correct answer that saw he's cute that it's super cute and probably the realest character in that entire franchise he saw chewbacca nope, and said, I'm, out <laughs> nope I'm out um, i would argue that the real character is salacious crumb salacious b crumb but uh that's just me the man oh, is a is a legend me. that's he's the he's the that? guy from empire strikes back the little like rodent looking like alien that <sighs> like has that like just on, evil laugh on yeah. he's, like fully like mm-hmm. a muppet yep. but like with yeah <laughs> <laughs> he's a muppet right the muppet dude he looks like gonzo but with a beat like with yes, a legit absolutely. beat yes yeah yeah, yeah. okay i mean he, exactly. he was like that. he always just came out and said like, yeah he was like the hype man he was like he, that's like hype literally man. what like, his role was yeah. definitely <laughs> <laughs> i didn't know his name was salacious, salacious B. he has a middle yep. name too and salacious B. <laughs> oh yeah what? no one knows what the b stands for <laughs> i need to know what his middle name is salacious bernard yeah King. i was gonna say bernard <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, that's, that's gotta be it. it. I love it. All right, so going into the next topic, and I feel like this, I had a whole, like, 10-minute topic of, like, the Star Wars fandom, like, what makes Star Wars fun to talk about, like, why are we close to it, but I think we've already kind of covered we just that proved it. already. Yeah. We <laughs> just proved it. So I don't think we need yeah. to talk yeah. about that at all. Like, like the, it, it, guys, the, the, the treasure was the journey all along. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, it's one of yeah, those type exactly. of situations. But let's let's talk about why the people are really here. So apparently, there's a new show on Disney Plus coming out 
called The Bad Batch. I don't know shit about The Bad Batch, like, at all. And apparently people are super excited about it. (laughs) Why? (laughs) Well, um, so the thing about The Bad Batch, uh, so quick backstory. I I don't want to go too long into this, but the the general backstory is that they are unaltered, well, physically unaltered clone troopers. So they're still clones of Jango Fett from the prequel trilogy, but they didn't get, um, they, they don't look alike. They look kind of like Jango Fett, but they, they look like they've been altered a lot. Um, so they, they the original clones also have like an, like an eight, they have accelerated aging. Yes. Right? They, the Bad Batch, do they have that as well? I do not know. I don't think that's ever been confirmed just yet. We don't okay. know enough about them yet, but I guess it's just Boba that we know doesn't have the accelerated. Right. Aging. He's unaltered completely. Okay. Yeah. We don't know okay. if we don't know if the Bad Batch is. So they're okay. a Bad Batch of clones. Right. Essentially. Okay. Right. And the okay. irony is that they're actually like the super hyper special forces. They're pretty much Navy SEALs, essentially. <sighs> they're the Inglorious <laughs> Bastards. They're essentially Inglorious Bastards in a lot of ways. Okay. That's um, awesome. But why the, why the show is so interesting, they're interesting characters, but why the show is really so interesting to a lot of Star Wars fans is because it's covering an era that we really haven't seen on screen before. We've seen it in books, we've seen it in comics, we've seen it in in certain parts of TV shows, but we haven't seen it full on display. And that is the early days of the Galactic Empire. Oh. Think right after Vader goes, no! Like, we see the first year after that. We see when the Death Star is being built. We see when the, the, the Imperial Star Destroyers are still kind of the Republic Star Destroyers. Mm-hmm. They just get the painting removed, like the red removed from them to make them look gray. It's that kind of era that's so interesting because we want to see what happens to remaining Jedi that survived the initial Order 66. We want to mm-hmm. see how the clone troopers, they don't have like these cool markings anymore. They're starting to look like regular stormtroopers. Right. So we get to see a lot of the transition and that's what a lot of people are excited about. Oh, wow. And Straw Hat, if you haven't seen any of the Clone Wars, I only watched it in mm. full recently. Um, but there is a, a an arc in the Clone Wars that's like a Bad Batch arc. What is it? Two or three episodes? Uh, four, I believe. Yeah. Four. Okay. It's not. Yeah. It's not like it's not. A, it's not difficult to get to. And the Clone Wars is mostly like anthology, kind mm-hmm. of like jumping around style. So you don't even necessarily need to like have watched. Um, the rest of the show, like to prepare for for right. the Bad Batch to to get an idea of who these characters are just by watching like that small okay. series. Well, that's arc. that's really cool, and I, like <clears throat> that must have been one hell of a four episode arc. If people are like, "There's a whole spinoff happening!" Oh my god, the yeah, this yeah. characters. So, can you like tell me a little bit more about like? You guys like tell me a little bit more about like the characters of the Bad Batch. Like, do they have like their own individual names? Like, what are their like power sets? Their skills? Like, what kind of missions do they go on? What are that? What is that all that about? So think a team. Um, think think stereotypical. Uh, Hunter is the leader of the group. There's four of them. Hunter is the leader of the group. Mm-hmm. He's essentially a Rambo esque character. Um, he even looks like Rambo if you look at him. If you pull up a picture of him, he looks like Rambo. He, he has the bandana. The he, okay. he uses a combat <laughs> knife. He's one of those guys. Yeah. Okay. Pretty cool character, but it's 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 kind of stereotypical. There's I'm there's in. tech. <laughs> there's tech who's like the brains. He's the guy that's okay. like, oh, I know every computer hacking system there is. There's Wrecker, who's the big dumb brute, and then there's Crosshair, who is you guessed it, the sniper, the yeah. quiet sniper. the swordsman. Um, <laughs> 
Right, yeah, the, the quiet <laughs> keeps to himself. And the interesting thing about it is, and when they first came out, I was like, uh, this is a little too stereotypical. Like, I get it. Like, we have, like, the, oh, we can, we got to call in Clone Force 99, the Bad Batch. It's like, oh, <laughs> who are these guys? Oh, the big guy, the little guy, the quiet guy. It's like, okay. But then when we heard the show, we were like, uh, we're getting more of pretty much the arc. And then we see them and we see what the show's about. And I don't want to spoil anything, but All like right. it, it's a really interesting synopsis and hopefully they get developed a lot more because okay. they're kind of bland right now. I'm not going to lie to you. Are they? Well, and people love the clones, like just in general, the clones. I like I didn't I was definitely like a cinematic Star Wars fan mm-hmm. for a really long time up until recently. Like I got into like the books and I've like the the other like the animated shows and stuff. Um, but I never really like got the love for the clones until I watched the Clone Wars because they are like it's it's such an interesting dynamic in the show and I think the Bad Batch is set up to be really interesting because people got to know like the infantry clones and the clones that were all trained um and like programmed essentially to follow orders um but the the Bad Batch are similar cuz they're the same mm-hmm. person but completely different. Now this all this all sounds really interesting. So like like I don't know. Like I'm kind. I haven't seen a trailer. Is there like a trailer out uh, already of the? There's Bad Batch? there's two I believe. There's one I think that's a teaser, and then there's a second one that came out that's that's a little more in depth, but still doesn't really reveal a lot. There's at least fourteen episodes yeah. this season. So. Oh wow. But it's that's so exciting because I love it when trailers Me are kind of vague like that. I think that it's really great when they leave a lot of. And the cool part surprise. about it is like all of the trailers that did get released, they keep showing the same thing. And that tells me I'm like, oh, there's a lot this season that we have not even begun to see yet. And that I love makes trailers really like that. <laughs> I love too. trailers like that. Well, I'm like, I'm y'all get me. Y'all, you guys are like, I know I'm just sitting here, just kind of like, yeah, yeah. I'm kind of like oh, really no, getting, really Good. getting pumped for it. Like it's like I'm just kind of imagining like almost like a uh, like Mandalorian, but like mm-hmm. a team of Mandalorians. Like that just sounds cool to me. Yeah. And of. have you have you seen season seven I mean, of yeah. the Clone Wars? I haven't seen season one, episode one of the Clone Wars. Well, if you ever watch Bad Batch, I I gotta make you a list of like the episodes you need to watch because I didn't I I don't think that you need to watch all of the mm-hmm. Clone Wars. I know that a lot of people love it, and I think that like people who grew up with it. But for me personally, I don't. I think it is a lot to watch, and it because it jumps right. around a lot. But I, I'll get you a list because there are there are some really good arcs that you should check out. But I don't think you need to okay. necessarily prioritize watching all seven seasons. Okay, you do that. I'll do. I'll give you a, your Doctor Who list, and we'll call it even. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> Disney Disney broke out the bank when it came to animation budget too, so it'll look mm. gorgeous. Season okay. seven of the Clone Wars. If you compare that to season one of the Clone Wars, night and day. Two thousand eight yeah. animation. Seven beautiful. 2020 well, animation it's night and well day. i yeah. watched the uh the tv movie for the clone wars and that uh, put me to sleep like an ambient uh, mixed with <laughs> with melatonin it, it was it was it was a rough watch it's a rough ride yeah, yeah. And, and, you know the funny thing about it yeah. is it's actually three episodes put together i believe of course it is i think it's actually a bunch of clone wars episodes that were thrown into a movie i'm pretty sure of course it is yeah it, it does <laughs> seem like that and i mean i I'm really not the biggest fan of early Clone Wars and not because the characters aren't good, but just because it it jumps around so much and the, the stories that they tell are not interconnected very much. So like it's hard for me to just stay invested because like one second they're doing one thing and then it's, you know, 
I definitely like a more like chronological, like mm-hmm. linear story. That's, you know, and that's why the later seasons of Clone Wars are, I thought were so much mm-hmm. better because they definitely got into like bigger and longer. That's stories. what I've heard. And like, I've been, I've been wanting to get into Rebels because I've fallen in love with just seeing like clips of yes. Rebels. It looks so good. Like, you know, the return of us. I've, I've probably watched the return of Ahsoka and the battle between her and Darth Vader like a hundred times. And I know that, you know, they have like a deep bond that started in the Clone Wars. And so, like, I can feel the emotion from that fight, but I felt like I was still missing, like, pretty much all that backstory that came in the Clone Wars. So I'm like, damn, I can't go into Rebels without watching Clone Wars because then, like, I I want the context. I want all the context of everything. So I've been kind of – so me not watching Rebels, like, needs to be remedied by me watching the Clone Wars. So this is helping a lot. (laughs) This is really getting me excited to watch it. Let me – let me ask you, Strahat, what is your favorite Star Wars era? Like, what's your favorite trilogy? Uh, I'm, a, I'm a big, like, original trilogy fan, mostly because, like, when it comes to, you know, talking about just film, like, the original trilogy is just something that, like, changed the game, not just of, like, storytelling in general, but just, like, you yeah. know, special effects and, you know, the hero's journey. That's, like, the perfect example of it. Uh, the characters, just, it just feels like golden age, like, Hollywood and not, like, not, it's, like, experimental Hollywood where it felt like for the first time, you know, yeah. directors are like kind of like taking chances on on themselves and like it paying off in a big way and creating like this huge gigantic phenomenon. Like like Star Wars was like one of the yeah. biggest phenomena, like one of the first phenomenon that we've had. So like watching that original trilogy, I felt that. Whereas like I know how you feel about the prequels, I feel very much the same way. And I kind of caught on to this as a kid. It just yeah. kind of felt like a cash grab used to sell toys, and um. It just didn't, it didn't have the magic for me, I think. And I mean, like, again, I do think it's heavily dependent on, like, what, like, what kind of nostalgia attachment you have to them. Because even the original trilogy is not perfect. Um, But I, yeah, I definitely, like, it it wasn't, it wasn't, like, it it just didn't hit me in the same way. And it was just different, you know, Mm -hmm. like. George Lucas doesn't really know how to write women, but Carrie mm-hmm. Fisher being the lead in the original trilogy was able to take such command of the character and help him like all of the actors from the original trilogy like were like, hey, this I can't say this line because a human being wouldn't say <laughs> yeah, this right. out loud. George, uh, this is ridiculous. So, like, Please don't make it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so, like, so much of Leia was Carrie, and I just think that that made her so incredible. And it wasn't it wasn't the same for Padme. Um, story arc, as well as, like, the, the actress being able to be right. so commanding, um, which, I mean, George Lucas was more powerful at that point. So, like, I mean, I don't blame Natalie Portman right. for not being like, hey, I'm 19, <laughs> right. George Lucas, this is crazy. <laughs> if, I, if I'm a 19-year-old and I just got pretty much the, the movie deal of my life at Do the time before I became an Oscar-winning actress... You can tell you can tell me yeah. to dress up as a plant, and I will dress up. <laughs> At this yeah, point, you're just doing it for the exposure. At this point, I mean, it's just yeah, all exposure. Exactly. And, you know, for better or worse, like some people got the exposure, and it didn't pan out as they thought it would. Like, sorry, I can't even remember his name. Oh, uh, what's his name? Lloyd, uh, the little boy who played Jake Lloyd. Jake um, Lloyd. I'm sorry, Jake Lloyd. Oh, I'm sorry, Jake, Jake Lloyd. Lloyd. Yeah. yeah. I'm sorry, yeah. I made best like. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to the both of those guys. You know, like Hayden Christensen. Like small yeah. condolences to you. I'm uh, happy for I'm happy for Hayden. He's getting his second chance yeah. with Kenobi. That's gonna it's be a lot. So of fun. nice to see him get because yeah, he 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 seems yeah. like after Star Wars, I feel like he was just so 
in the nicest way because he seems like a really sweet guy yeah he was just like look i'm just gonna go to my farm in canada yeah. and i'm gonna mm-hmm. fuck off for like 15 years like don't get <laughs> guys it's fine i mean literally even george lucas walked away from his own yeah. franchise after the backlash yep. from the prequels of course hayden christensen was like this yep. is this is too yeah. much for me yeah meanwhile <laughs> natalie portman's winning oscars and you know liam neeson's just like hey, I'll, I'll get a franchise i'll get right. taken and we'll <laughs> everything will like you know and you know it's <laughs> funny uh padme padme natalie portman um i remember there was some weird article that came out shortly after the prequels and they were like she said that star wars almost ruined her career or something I don't know how true that is. She may very well have said it. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But I remember her. They asked her shortly after The Force Awakens came out and it made like $2 billion. They were like, hey, would you ever come back? And she was like, oh, yeah, sure. And of I was course. like, oh, yeah. Of course you yeah. Yeah. Why would you not? I mean, right? she, yeah. she's one of... I'm I'm desperate for her to be in the Kenobi I series. I, would like I that think too. that that character needs some more elaboration after what happened to her oh my in Revenge gosh. of the like, here's, here's As my... much... Go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say, here's my issue with the prequels, right? It just felt very soulless to me. Like, the 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 thing that got me really excited about the uh, the sequel trilogy is that it felt real. It felt like a real world that was lived in. They were going back to practical effects. They were uh, pretty much, like, almost treating it like the, the prequels didn't exist. Like, a true sequel to the original. And But with the prequels, it just felt like, it felt shiny. I hate shit that feels, I hate movies that just feel <laughs> shiny. It's a big reason why I didn't like the first Thor movie, because they're just yeah. living in a dome that doesn't look like a real place. Uh, they're, they're, the Clone Wars, the the battles just felt like no, no low stakes, because they're literally fighting green screen. It's green screen soldiers fighting green screen, green screen robots. So you're just thinking to yourself, yeah, whoever gets shot, yeah. I don't care. Oh, there's Jedi in the middle of it? Yeah. Cool, I guess. And the, just the whole thing just... Well, George Lucas definitely got... He got carried away with CGI. He did the same thing to the Very original much. trilogy. Going back and trying to yeah. change things. He got, you know, he got it in his... He was just like... He thought it was magical. I understand being someone, like, born and in the time he was born and seeing mm-hmm. CGI come to life and then being like, oh, this yeah. is cool. Like, I get that. But yeah, like... And I mean, a little too... And I'd argue in away. a lot of ways, it, uh, in, in, in a very minor defense of George Lucas, I'd argue that him... His his obsession almost with the CGI that he eventually put into the prequels, I think in a lot of ways really helped a lot of cinema going forward after the prequels yeah. came out. I think his willing I think his yeah. willingness and I'm not saying this is what he always planned. He probably thought it was <laughs> gonna look absolutely amazing. But I think his willingness to jump into it and throw everything at the wall helped a lot of future directors go, Okay, I know how to do that, I know how to not do that, I wanna do it like that that looks ugly so i want to try it this way i think yeah. i think sure. i think i think the fact that it kind of went into the 21st century like that i think that helped a lot of future filmmakers yeah well i think like at the beginning of the uh, 21st century like cgi like what they were doing with cgi was just so like this is new like we got to use it mm-hmm. as much as possible like you guys have seen yeah. the matrix yeah. that cgi today is not really that good looking <laughs> right. you know but you know it was still no. revolutionary because like it was the best at using cgi in that way but just before that and a little bit after it was very experimental so like luckily um the fellowship of the ring was more about hey we're gonna use more practical effects because if they would have went because it could have been so easy to go the prequel route with the cgi and like everything oh yeah who knows like where that franchise could and peter jackson was he was adamant to use as many like the he he wanted to make Lord of the Rings for years before mm-hmm. he actually did it, and he only like decided that Gollum 
Gollum had to be CGI and he saw the technology improving and said, now's the time that we can do it. But he didn't use it as a crutch. Right. Like he used it for something that he could never have done before. But he knew that I can do everything else practically. So I should do everything else practically. And I, I love it's such a balance. It's such an important balance to know. Like, I, I think the best CGI is used in tandem with practical effects as opposed to mm. instead of, you know, like the worst words I can hear on a behind the scenes is like, we'll fix it in post. Like, no, <laughs> fix it. That's I, a I, warning I, sign right there. You're <laughs> like, oh, shit, sign. this is going to look like trash. Oh, if, it, if it doesn't look good now. Yeah. Yeah. fixing it fixing it in post is not gonna help like i usually exactly find. just gonna say i know that there's a lot of prequel fans out there um and i do like as much as i don't love the prequels um what's amazing ab- about them and about george lucas's vision is that there it's it still is mm-hmm. magical like even if there there are aspects of each of these trilogies because i feel a little bit like i feel like the, the original trilogy was catching lightning in a bottle. And I think that there are so many components. I just had this conversation with my dad the other day about how if John Williams hadn't gone so hard on the score for the original <laughs> Star Wars movie, that it probably never would have gotten yeah. a sequel. Like John Williams probably is the reason, like that incredible yeah. score. And then also the the original trilogy is just that that trio the original trio had so much yeah. chemistry like that their connection and truthfully i don't mind the sequels i like the sequels um better than the prequels and i i enjoy them pretty pretty like i like the force awakens and i really love the last jedi and i'm like meh on the last on rise of skywalker but that's neither here nor there i think that both the prequels and the sequels still captured like a little bit of that magic and truthfully whatever resonates with people that's just amazing and i just yeah I, I think that that's one of the interesting things about star wars is that it's got so many different people types of people that it appeals to in so many different ways that it can connect with people and so even even for people who love i don't want i don't i don't want anyone to think um oh the prequels are terrible i hate the prequels um just you know i i think that everybody should be able to connect with star wars however however they connect with star wars and i i I think that the more the merrier more to go around that's awesome all right guys let's go around and let's talk about like the future of star wars like there's been a lot of conversation about like especially like coming from me should the star wars franchise die or is there like optimism for where it it can go like are we in the kylo ren camp of kill it if we have to or do we have some things that we want (laughs) to see in the future like Mace, what what do you think? Oh uh, well, I mean, I've always operated under this belief that I don't think you can kill Star Wars at this point. Um, it's it's whether you like it or not, it's probably here to stay at least until we become old. Um, but I don't think it should die either. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm in the camp that doesn't think it should die either. I think, like with a lot of things, Star Wars is set in a galaxy far, far away. Um, in a galaxy not like our own. Um, and the beautiful thing about it is you could pretty much do any kind of story, tell any kind of story that you want through the lens of anybody you want. It can be an average everyday person living on a farm. It could be in a space Western, a, a Western that's simply set in space. And I mean like a spaghetti Western, like Clint Eastwood type stuff just happens to be set on Tatooine or something like that. I know a lot of people like saying, oh, Mandalorian is a way. I know it takes elements from Westerns, but I mean like a straight up poncho wearing, cowboy hat wearing, right, that kind of thing. Right. You could do a romance, like an actual romantic comedy, uh, a dramedy. You could really do stuff like that. What's up? No, I really want that. 
the romantic comedy. No, no, <laughs> like I'm just Ser- no, ser- seriously. Like, but that's the that's the beautiful thing about it. You could do like an, an all out war movie. You could do like a saving. They won't do this, but you could do like a Saving Private Ryan type of thing if you really wanted to. It's just it just set it in the Star Wars universe and call it Star Wars, a Star Wars story if you want. And so I, I think it'll always have a place there because you don't have to talk about the Skywalker trilogy for the Skywalker saga right. for the end of time. You don't have to talk about it from a mystical point of view from the for the rest of time. You can just talk about it however you want to talk about it. And I think that's the beautiful part about it. Mm. Someone asked me what like what Star Wars project I would want to see made one time. And I had the realization that my ideal Star Wars project would be literally just the show Fleabag, like almost verbatim season two, Mm. Uh, except instead of a priest, a Jedi and a character like Phoebe Waller-Bridge that falls (laughs) in love with him. And they like have the whole arc and like literally they could even keep the casting exactly the same and just, and just do it. Don't even recast. Literally exactly the same just in the Star Wars universe. And I would watch the absolute fuck out of it because that's my that's my dream project. So yeah, like we could you could do any genre and it would work, I think. Amazon, if you're listening, like Fleabag meets that Star Wars episode. Like they need (laughs) I mean imagine like the thirst that there was over um Andrew Scott, guy that played the hot priest. Um there was so much thirst over him. Imagine if he was a Jedi. I love you and McGregor, but I think we need like more hot Jedi's. Like Absolutely. I'm not even joking. Like I need like and I'm talking like a Jedi with like their chest out, just like <laughs> pecs just rippling with the with the lightsaber. So every time he flashes his lightsaber over his uh Kid Fisto. Yes. Oh, is that Kid we Fisto? Need a live action Kid Fisto. <laughs> or you want Quinn you want Quinlan Voss too. You should look Quinlan him up. Quinlan Voss, that's what I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. Another Kid big Fisto one. Is the, I'm looking um, him up right now. Tentacle green tentacle. Nautilin. I mean, he's hot yeah. too. I've seen some really uncomfortably attractive drawings yeah. of him. Let me see. Hold up, Quinlan. Oh my god. Oh shit. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's funny too because Quinlan Voss is like in his mid forties. Like canonically, he's like a middle aged man. So. Yo, he is beautiful. Yeah. He got the yeah. dress. Yeah, he's gorgeous, isn't he? <laughs> oh my gosh, is that Jason Momoa? I mean, <laughs> I mean, actually, if you wanted, to, let me see. Somebody yeah. got some art of Jason Momoa holding a lightsaber as Quinlan Voss, and now I am obsessed with this character. I mean, yeah, yeah. I could, I could see I would that. I love Jason Momoa. He's like, he's, he looks like Scar in this photo. He looks like <laughs> he's about to sing "Be Prepared." I'm, damn, what's happening to me? But no, there have been. I mean, I agree, there should be more hot Jedi. But yeah, there's a few. Yeah, yeah of course there are. I didn't know. Well, I mean, I mean especially I'm, I'm go- in, in live action too. I think that like where yeah, I, th- I think Josh, you're totally right. Like. I, I think the potential here, I think that there's like, it's, it's, it's a whole, it's a brand new world, but like Star Wars could be treated as like a setting as opposed to like a genre, mm-hmm. like literally like, a, like think of it like setting a movie yeah. in like a specific period, like a period piece, like, oh, this is a, mm-hmm. you know, turn of the century a movie that takes place in the turn of the century. It's a movie that just takes place in the Star Wars universe. You could tell literally any story and they have yeah. in like the books and the comics and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. and I, yeah, I think there's unlimited potential. Also, I just think it's magic. I think the world could use a little bit of extra magic like that. And this big alternate reality that everybody can just fantasize about and feel like they're a part of, it's just something that connects us. And I just think that that, that we need more of that in the world. And that's why I like the whole, like, is Star Wars over? Did Disney ruin Star Wars stuff kind of bums me out because I just feel like, why wouldn't you want to be a part of like this big it. cool thing that we're all like we're all just like 
secret secretly part of it like in our own little way and i just it's just so cool i'm like getting really sappy <laughs> no no, I, no, I'm, it, no it, but, <laughs> I'm really digging this it, it, it makes my day it makes my day when i see i mean i'll add on to the sappiness just to make Please. you not be alone but like i, I mean I, I look at like like girls like little girls that dress up as ray yes and i remember how i i remember how i felt as a kid I didn't have anybody to really dress up as, but like, I remember that feeling of mommy, I'm Ray or mommy, I'm, right. I'm Han Solo. Like, th- and, and like your parents are like, yeah, yeah, of course you are. <laughs> but like to you, to you, that was a really big thing for you. And so for, to tell somebody that they aren't a, sorry, that they aren't a true fan or that they don't understand star Wars is I think just blatantly unfair to them because it's star wars is however you want to see it you know yeah. i'm gonna, add, like, I'm gonna I mean, add to the sappiness as well because i just love hearing you guys talk about star wars like that 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 is right. what gets me invested in the universe like just fans like you guys who like really take this heart take this to heart i worked mm-hmm. at disneyland when it was announced that they were making new star wars movies i was there the the night they announced it and then the very next day i worked in merchandising so all the shelves were filled with nothing but star wars stuff so i was like it was it was it was it was insane to just kind of go throughout that whole process and i remember little girls would show up in the ray outfit like when (laughs) when i tell you like armies of little rays with the with the ponytails and ray was their favorite character and all they wanted to do was come to disneyland and meet ray in in a tomorrowland because this is before galaxy's edge even was even thought of right it was the most heartwarming shit that i've ever seen you know like it it, like so to like look those type of people in the eye and just say like oh you're not really a star wars fan and mind you these are grown women too it's not just little girls these are just people who now have a protagonist a new like like a uh, hero in the star wars universe it's 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 how could you poo-poo on that like how could you poo-poo on that seriously and it frustrates right. me so much yeah and i'll let you know how i felt when i first because again me even me not being a star wars fan just me being like a movie fan like i'm a fan of like traveling to different worlds that tell different stories about fa- fantastic characters heroes all of that shit and I remember when they first showed the trailer for The Force Awakens. I'm not. I'm a. I'm not gonna lie to you. I cried my eyes out. Like I was one of those. Me too. I saw it in the break room, and I was in the corner, literally just like shedding tears. Just like as soon as you hear the chewy, we're home. It's like, oh my, oh god. my yeah. gosh! Like this yeah. is like, and it's not. It was just not only the line of like, oh, Han Solo and Chewie are back in the franchise. It's like. Star Wars is now back to doing what Star Wars was made to do. Take yeah. you to these mm-hmm. great places, take you on these journeys with these great characters, make you believe in something that's just magical. And the fact you had the most grumbliest dude come in and say, we're home. You're just like, oh my fucking God. I just Yeah. What's what's the TikTok sound bite where it's like, <laughs> including in anime and they do like the little like soy like bro oh my god <laughs> why would you it's like oh my god this is terrible but you know to, to piggyback off of what you said about the trailer i cried too i cried at a different point it was about midway through that trailer where you hear luke talking in the background mm. and it's a direct quote from return of the jedi where he's like the force is strong in my family yeah. my father has it shows the darth vader mask I have it shows Luke with R2D2. My sister has it. Then he goes, You, you have, have that, that power, power too. too. 
And for whatever reason, when he says that and you hear the dan and I was just like, my mom was like, why are you crying? I was like, Ma, you don't understand. And for me, honestly, like, that's that's what the sequels were so incredible like it wasn't even Mm -hmm. it wasn't even like the the films themselves like literally i grew up on the original trilogy i grew up watching that's those movies like from the age that i could comprehend what was going on on screen very very young and i love the original trilogy so much but the truth is it's there i've never i've never cried watching any any scene in the original trilogy they're Mm. not heavily emotional films they're adventure films and i love them and my 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 nostalgia for them is so so deep but they never make me cry um and seeing the trailer for the new movies like as an adult like getting to relive this going and opening night like i went with my dad we went to a midnight showing like my dad has never gone to a midnight showing in his fucking life and i'm like dragging him <laughs> like we have to do this together like it was so beautiful and like people will shit all over the the last jedi i love that movie so much i have never cried in my life at a star wars movie than i as much as i did in the theater mm. watching the last jedi that the opening space battle scene is so so intense yeah. and dramatic like luke's final scene i mean there's just so that one hit yeah. me uh, like a train yeah. i mean yeah it's i i just think that that's one of the most visually beautiful and emotional star wars movies i mean i also like rogue one also i'm, I'm talking about yeah. the, the star skywalker just, right. like, I, so yeah right, rogue you. one had me right. falling like a freaking child but yeah, yeah. <laughs> so i mean like yeah i just think that like no matter what part of Star Wars you love, like it's I this is why I always say that it's like hinged on nostalgia because it is for kids and it is I think it's good that it's for kids because then it just becomes a little part of your soul, you know? And yeah. it doesn't have to be the best movie that's ever existed, which is why it drives me crazy when people say, Oh, well, the sequels are objectively bad, which is just the stupidest thing to say. <laughs> that's objectively like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. But <laughs> even even if they were, which I mean they're they're, that's not again that's not a valid yeah, statement right. even if they exactly. were the the amount of people that are going to have that be a, a little part of their soul that they carry with them for the rest of their lives who saw it as a kid who looked up to ray this is this is the magic of star wars to me is that it's it's transcended mm-hmm. film it's transcended storytelling it's literally like a part a part anybody who considers themselves a star wars fan it's like a little part of you and it's so it's so beautiful i love it so much I think, I think we should end the show on that <laughs> note because that. Oh no, that's a great way. To that's end a it. great way to end it. I had this whole thing of saying like, oh yeah, this is where I, I was gonna say some dumb shit like, oh yeah, I want to see like a Cheers type of Star Wars movie <laughs> where they're in the cantina and somebody's like trying to run. The but fuck that, we're ending on Jay Stoobsy's quote because that right there, that Star hit, Wars. Fuck. I I I put I try to put up a tough face, but I'm I'm, I'm like dinner, so I'm just I'm Star Wars makes me a little a little jelly belly inside. I'm just like a soft little me too. Like, yeah, it makes I'm, me sappy. I love it. I also I also encourage you guys to check out some like once you really start getting into like a lot of the lore of Star Wars, I encourage you guys to look up some edits mm. that some YouTubers oh, yeah. do. Yeah. On, on, what it, what's bro, the edit this, of the Vader and Kenobi fight? Vader and Kenobi, I saw that. It's incredible. There, there's a there's a guy on YouTube named, and this is probably a plug for him, but he does a great job. But his name is his his YouTube name is Heroes Fan Productions, Heroes Fan and he does 
he does a lot of he does a lot of like he did like a superman one he does a lot of marvel mm. edits where it's like telling the story of how they got like the road to infinity war the road to right. end game he did one where it was uh, i think it's called the greatest teacher failure is which is a direct quote from the last jedi when yoda gets luke to get his head out of his ass <laughs> and and it's pretty much telling the story of like how he failed with ben and how luke comes back to being luke skywalker at the end of the last oh i Jedi. gotta check that out and i don't think i cried watching <laughs> that one because i was like because you know you know there's a lot of edits out there that you're like oh this this dude's like going over the top with like the flashes and stuff uh-huh. his was just all like parallels and i was just like oh my and what's God, it called man. called uh the greatest te- it's a yoda quote so it's the greatest teacher failure is oh yeah the greatest okay. teacher failure the- is okay i'm already got a cue like, up he did it <laughs> He did a really he did a really good thing where in another one of his edits where he he's telling the story of how Luke failed Ben mm-hmm. and Luke's like and the last thing I saw were the eyes of a frightened boy whose master had failed him but when he says that it it's when he, as he's saying that it's Anakin looking to Obi-Wan <laughs> after he gets so he's like the last thing I saw were the eyes of a frightened <gasps> oh boy whose master had failed him and I was like bro oh I, I started way I was like no Look, say what you will like, about bro, the prequels, but that Obi Wan Anakin like relationship, you can't beat it. You can't beat it. Yeah. Greatest, greatest fight I think also in probably in all of Star Wars. Oh, absolutely. Wars. That moves yeah. far. My, my daughter and I had a lightsaber yeah, fight before this show, and I was doing the duel of the fates like. Oh, nice. on, yeah. I'm I'm very partial to the the duel of the fates. That's that's probably one of my favorite fights in mm. Star Wars. I love. Oh. I didn't love Qui-Gon from the movies. This is like a tiny segue, but I really, that's just because we didn't get enough time with him. I love Liam Neeson. But when I read Master and Apprentice, I fell in love with Qui-Gon. And mm. it makes that scene so, it hits so much harder. Like I'm the way that say. it's shot too is so, so great. Like with Obi-Wan having to watch as it happens, as it plays out. Oh gosh. Mm. It's I was going to say, I, I'm right there with you, Stoopsie. Like it's between those two fights that like, I'm going to still go with the, the fight on Mustafar. But uh, that fight was the very first Star Wars like movie that I've seen, and that lightsaber fight just totally put me into the yes, into the yeah. world. Uh, mind you, I fell asleep for most of the movie. The only thing I remember was pod racing <laughs> oh. in that fight. But um, as if those I, all you remember, those are two good parts. So, two great you know. parts. I don't need to know about the Trade Federation and Jar Jar and all that yeah. shit. But yeah, um, so like I remember like you don't like the politics, bro. Fuck the politics, man. I don't want politics <laughs> hey, in my Star Wars. The prequels do have one of my favorite lines. Uh, so this is how Liberty dies with thunder. With thunder applause. Love yes. that line. I, my, I love I love when people say, "Can we keep politics in the Star Wars?" Like, bro, it's literally it's politics. Literally it's like the, politics. the entire the whole saga. thing. <laughs> You do realize yeah. that Star- that Yoda and Darcidia's fight at the center of the Senate, like, it's like, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, it's like it's like it's like they're literally fighting in the Senate chambers. Like, they're throwing Senate seats at each other. It's yeah. Like, yeah, keep my Come Star on. Wars out. It's, All right, but that 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 right there was an awesome Star Wars inspired show. It's always great to like step out of the Marvel DC like fight and yes. like talk about other things let's see what else the world has in store for us but we are chilling with our main guest mace r windu aka Arr. jonathan and <laughs> hey man tell him tell- changing that name man i'm sure to that hey josh tell them where they can find you bro well you guys can find me on twitter at mesa windu um a h not r <laughs> Um, but you can mainly find me on TikTok. That's where I've 
apparently gained my following. You can fo- find me there at Mace R. Windu. You can also find me on t- uh, YouTube at Mace R. Windu. I, na- I need to figure out a name and just, <laughs> um, but you guys, you guys can find me at pretty much every major social media site. Um, and I'll be talking about something so you guys can find me virtually anywhere. Awesome. He's a Renaissance man. He's not, he can't be confined yeah. to one genre. Dude, I'm the Swiss army knife. <laughs> you got it. You got to get yourself like a third thing to get famous off of. And then yes. people can literally call you a triple threat. Like, <laughs> right. Well, you're well, singing. You can sing. Your singing is amazing. I can. Can't I? <laughs> I forgot about that. I mean, you've, just, you've got so many talents. It's too many. you got to share. Let's, so we'll talk jealous. after. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm okay. <laughs> I really try to hate this guy, but I just can't. I know. Like, I really try. Man, making the rest of us look lazy. You can't hate me. It's impossible. <laughs> yeah. You hate the fact that you can't hate me. It's okay. <laughs> God damn it. He's so cool. And, and I believe it's Stoopsy. We got some, we got some uh, fun stuff on the horizon. Why don't you let me know yes. what we got going on? Yes. Yeah, so we're going to be, um, our like official Geeks of the Week website is going to be up soon. Um, hopefully by the time this is out. And on that website, you will find a link to our new patreon that we're going to be releasing um Mm. which is gonna have a lot of really cool benefits um one of which is going to be a discord server access for all tiers we're gonna build a little discord community it's gonna be awesome it's gonna be so cool so come come check us out please (laughs) and follow us on twitter because that's where you'll get updates like this follow us on twitter please please we like to tweet if you tweet us too yeah yeah and at this point, you got you already know where you can find Stubzy and I. We're around. <laughs> we're around. Yeah, we're all over. We get around. But, <laughs> but once again, guys, thank you so much for tuning in to Geeks of the Week. We'll we see you next week on Thursday with a new episode. Yes. Stay tuned. Enjoy your weekend. <laughs>